Father in heaven, thank you for this time that we have again to study together. Thank you, Lord, for the glorious Sabbath day that is outside. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this good weather. Thank you for peace in our hearts and our homes. And I pray, Lord, that you'd please be with us even now as we spend some time to meditate upon your word, as we reflect upon this message. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to each of our hearts, that through the, the words that I speak, frail as they may be, I pray that your Holy Spirit would empower those words and that you would convict us of sin and righteousness and of judgment to come, that you would draw us closer to that throne of grace and mercy at this time, that you would hover over us with your Spirit, surround us with your angels, O Lord, and help us to know the message that you have for us today. Bless us now, guide us, O Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'd like to encourage you to keep your Bibles handy. I'd like you to keep your Bibles there with you as we're going to be turning to Scripture. And please follow along. And also, I'll be referencing some Ellen White quotes. And so I'll give you those references. Make sure you read along with me. So we're starting in Matthew 24, verses 4 to 8 this morning. Matthew 24, verses 4 to 8. The Bible says this, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. For ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. What's happening today is echoing the words of our Savior found here in this chapter of Matthew 24, pestilences. Something that we've been focusing on, I'm sure, from the Bible prophecy standpoint, and probably my message this morning is nothing new and maybe even expected. But the Bible pointed this out long before COVID-19 became a pandemic. If you'll go over to Psalms 91, the, the promise for our time. I believe that Psalms 91 is the psalm for the 144,000. Psalms 91 and verse 5, look at what King David writes. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the destruction that, the pestilence, pardon me, that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee. I'm sure that many of us have been claiming this promise and uh, we have nothing to fear if we are found dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty. This is a promise for our day today. But I would like for you to, if you're able to, turn with me to the book Great Controversy, GC, page 589, paragraph 2 and paragraph 3. These two paragraphs are rather lengthy. It would be great if you could turn there. GC 589.2. Ellen White says this, Satan works through the elements also to garner his harvest of unprepared souls. He has studied the secrets of the laboratories of nature and he uses all his power to control the elements as far as God allows. Satan is able to control these elements. 
he's able to, to harness them. Of course, only as far as God allows though. When he was suffered to afflict Job, how quickly flocks and herds, servants, houses, children were swept away, one trouble succeeding another as in a moment. It is God that shields his creatures and hedges them in from the power of the destroyer. But the Christian world have shown contempt from the, for the law of Jehovah, and the Lord will do just what he has declared he would. He will withdraw his blessings from the earth, and remove his protecting care from those who are rebelling against his law and teaching and forcing others to do the same. Satan has control of all whom God does not especially guard. He will favor and prosper some in order to further his own designs, and he will bring trouble upon others and lead men to believe that it is God who is afflicting them. Friends, this first paragraph in GC 589.2 tells us that Satan is the one that he, he's concocted all these things in his own laboratories and God allows him to do this. And yet somehow when this happens, people will blame God. 589 paragraph 3. While appearing to the children of men as a great physician who can heal all their maladies, he will bring disease and disaster until populous cities are reduced to ruin and desolation. Even now he is at work in accidents and calamities by sea and by land, in great conflagrations, in fierce tornadoes and terrific hailstorms, in tempests, floods, cyclones, tidal waves and earthquakes in every place and in a thousand forms, Satan is exercising his power. He sweeps away the ripening harvest and famine and distress follows. He imparts to the air, listen to this, he imparts to the air a deadly taint and thousands perish by the pestilence. These visitations are to become more and more frequent and disastrous. And what's going to happen at the end of this? He will get the people and lead men to believe that God is the one that is afflicting them. There's no doubt that the, the author of this virus that is going around is Satan himself. And as we sit here and speak this morning, it is no doubt that he's the one that has concocted this. And I want you to turn back with me into Matthew 24. That's where we started. We read verses four to eight, but now we want to continue this. Matthew 24 verse nine. After all those signs have come, earthquakes, pestilences, nations against nations, kingdom against kingdoms, look at what it says next. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Just a couple of verses before, nations were fighting nations. And then what happens next? Unites all of them. The earthquakes, the pestilences, the natural disasters, the famines and they are all united to persecute God's people. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. What unites the whole world? to hate us and to kill us, 
pestilences is one of them. They won't hate us because we're worshiping on Sabbath when the whole uh, country is on lockdown. I don't think we should be rebellious like that. If we're persecuted because of that, I think in some sense we deserve it. What I'm talking about is, you know, Malaysia has issued a lockdown for our country right now. I don't think we should rebelliously go out and worship on the Sabbath just to, in the face of the other people and get persecution and put in jail. That is not the persecution that, that we should be facing. There's coming a day when, when the persecution will come because the law in the land is saying, you cannot worship on this particular day. You have to worship on a different day. That is then when we should stand up for the right. But because of lockdown, I think we should obey the laws as far as possible. Hence, online worship. I see a lot of us joining at this time. I want to encourage you, please share a praise as you are watching. Just type on that little chat icon, not to chat with your friends, but just to share a praise for this past week of how, what you've been thankful for, how God has blessed you and been with you. Just to encourage each other along this journey, hey? So look, at the end of time, the whole world will hate God's people because of famines, pestilences, and earthquakes. Yes, one of the things that we're facing now is bringing us closer towards the end of time. But I want you to come back to Great Controversy. We read 589, paragraph 2 and 3. I'm going to read the next paragraph right after that, talking about the laboratories of Satan and how all these disasters will, will increase during the end of time. But now, 590, paragraph 1. And then the great deceiver, Satan, will persuade men that those who serve God are causing these evils. The class that have provoked the displeasure of heaven will charge all their troubles upon those whose obedience to God's commandments is a perpetual reproof to transgressors. At the end of time, and I believe that we're pretty much there, but there's going to come a day when virus, pestilence, COVID-19, it will be charged against God's commandment-keeping people. They will say, these are the ones that are causing this pestilence. They are the reason why the pestilence and the earthquakes and the famines continue. Excuse me. They are the ones that will be pointed out and singled out and the whole world will be united against them thinking if only we could get rid of them, the pestilence and the earthquakes would stop. Remember, there's coming a day that all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. There's coming a day that John tells us when they persecute you and they think they are doing God's service. So friends, let me share with you just some things that have been taking place. President Trump declared on March 13, it was a Friday, that March 15 should be a national day of prayer. That was Sunday. Ah, that was about a week ago. He declared a national day of prayer because of the pestilence, because of the virus that's been going around. All you need to do is look up three words, Trump, prayer, Sunday. You'll find it. It's, it's, on, the major, um, it's on the major news outlets, Fox News, Newsweek, New York Post. This is not fake news, friends. 
when I saw it posted, I went and I made sure that this was what was said and this was what was declared. This is what Trump said in part of his speech. We are a country that throughout history has looked to God for protection and strength in these times. No matter where you may be, I encourage you to turn towards prayer in an act of faith. Together, we will easily prevail. You know, for those that joined Daniel 11 just an hour ago, remember, church and state, when it comes together, it, re it only results in persecution. This is not exactly church and state coming together, but friends, it's close. When the President of the United States of America is declaring this coming Sunday a national day of prayer, when it's usually, I think it's April or May, and it was, I checked the date, it was on a Wednesday, but now he's declaring Sunday, well, it was last Sunday, to be a national day of prayer. Truly, in places like United States of America, when disaster strikes, people are going back to God. They're becoming more serious with God again. And you know what happens? Uh, when, when God's Seventh-day Adventists, His remnant-keeping people do not join, they're going to look at this group of people and saying they're the reason why the pestilence still continues. Let me read to you from Early Writings, page 33, paragraph 2. EW 33.2 I saw that God had children who do not see and keep the Sabbath. They have not rejected the light upon it. At the commencement of the time of trouble, we were filled with the Holy Ghost as we went forth and proclaimed the Sabbath more fully. This enraged the churches and nominal Adventists, as they could not refute the Sabbath truth. And at this time, God's chosen all saw clearly that we had the truth, and they came out and endured the persecution with us. Now listen this, listen to this. I saw the sword, famine, pestilence, and great confusion in the land. The wicked thought we had brought the judgments upon them. And they rose up and took counsel to rid the earth of us, thinking that then the earth would be stayed. There is coming a time when the people out there in the world are going to think that this little group of people that are still faithful to God are the cause of all this pestilence. I don't know how it's going to be able to get to that point. I don't know the events that are going to turn it and the, the, the events in the minds of people that are going to turn it towards that focus. But yet we're told that people out there, even the nominal Adventists, will think that we're too straight-laced. And because of this, if they would just kill us, all these problems would disappear. Friends, I believe that that time is much closer than many of us believe it to be. I believe that, you know, with SARS almost two decades ago, with now this COVID-19, and with, with um, earthquakes on the rise, and natural disasters everywhere, with the, the volcano that erupted at the beginning of this year, signs are telling us naturally that Jesus is soon to come. We, as we read the Bible, we know these signs and we must prepare in our hearts. But the world, they're going to be stirred with the spirit of strife and hatred against God's people one day to kill us. We got to be ready. And you know what? What is our duty in this time? What should we be doing? Yes, 
as the government says we should stay indoors, don't go out, don't become part of the problem, let's not become presumptuous. Let's not claim Psalms 91 as Satan threw it to Jesus and said, look, jump off the temple. He said that he'll give his angels charge over thee. You won't even dash your foot against a stone. Let's not get presumptuous to that point thinking, you know what? We, we should just walk around and the virus won't catch us. I think we should be careful as possible. I think we should, we should be protective if you're sick to cover yourself with a mask. I think we should be careful to obey the government and stay indoors as much as possible. Let's not bring the time of persecution upon ourselves and the time of trouble, hey? But what should we be doing? The very next verse of Matthew 24 says, verse 14, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Yes, friends, there is still a work for us to do. Instead of posting a post about COVID-19 and people buying toilet paper around the world or people buying guns in US and people buying this and that or the prices going up in NSK in our shopping centers. Let's post something about the gospel. Let's post something about hope. As our president, Pastor Tan, he, he, he mentioned our mission president, he said, witnessing for God with hope. While people are in confusion, while people are panicking, let's share about the gospel. How can we do it in this time? Since we're all in lockdown, let, let's start by sharing this sermon that you're listening to. Just share on the Facebook, share on the WhatsApp channels that you have. Who knows what God will do through these channels? And we can scatter these little quotes, these sermons, like the leaves of autumn. And maybe one day we'll get to heaven and we will trace, we will meet somebody who will trace their first experience to something you shared in 2020 of March. Just a simple sermon. All you have to do is click share, isn't it? So look, we, we can do much in still sharing the word of God. But I want us to come back to Matthew chapter 24. We don't know exactly when Jesus is going to come. In Matthew 24, 36, it says, No man knows the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven. But we know it's close. So the duty that rests upon us is very clear as well. But what else? What else are we to do? Matthew 24 and verse 42. Matthew 24, please turn with me there, and verse 42. The Bible says, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Friends, in this time of lockdown, in this time of being at home, in this time of being seemingly trapped in these four walls, Jesus says, watch, watch, and watch. Right after that, from verse 42 to 51, we encounter the first of four parables that Jesus gives in connection to the end time. Yes, he says, watch. But then, what is this first parable talking about? It's the parable of the faithful and wise servant versus the evil servant. In verse 50, talking about the evil servant, this is what Jesus says. And the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of. What is the problem 
with this evil servant. It really doesn't spend much time talking about the faithful servant at all. It is talking about the evil servant. What is he referencing to? He comes in a day when he is not looking for him. In other words, the problem of the evil servant, he is not watching. Friends, during this time of lockdown, we have a lot of time. To some people, it's too much time. To others, you've gotten too busy. You're one of those nurses or doctors on the front line. Others, you still have to work, but you've got to work from home. Students, now you have online classes. It's even more busy than being there in person. But to most of us, I believe, we have a lot of time. And maybe in this time, God has given you, He's asking you to renew your relationship with Him, your covenant with Him. Your studies at work made you too busy, but now you're more free. Some others, you have that time, and instead of watching for the coming of Jesus, instead of drawing closer to Him, you're, caught, you're getting caught up with movies or TV shows that you were too busy to watch before. Others, you're digging deeper into your games, your phone games, your computer games. You're killing time. You're allowing it to pass away. Maybe some of you are just mindlessly scrolling and re-scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, any other social media platform just to kill the time. But friends, you must recognize that God is giving us this time so that we can refocus, so that we can spend more time in His Word. Now we have more time for our devotions. We have more time for prayer. We have more time for the reading of the spirit of prophecy. We have more time for family worship. We have more time to focus on God again. We must watch like the faithful servant to make sure that we're not caught unawares. This is the first lesson in this first parable of what we must be doing in this time. Now, Matthew 25. The next parable from verse 1 to 12 is the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. Ten of them, five were wise, five were foolish. All of them slept. But the wise, they took what? They took extra oil with them. They were ready. They had a double portion, I'd like to say, of the Holy Spirit. They had a portion in their lamp. They had the portion in their bottles. They had a double portion. The foolish, they only had one portion. They only had enough in their lamps. And when they slept, the lamps kept burning. It went out. And when the bridegroom came, they tried to light their lamps. They realized they ran out of oil. So friends, do you know what the conclusion of the parable is found in Matthew 25 about this wise and foolish virgins? Look at Matthew 25 and verse 13. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. The, the lesson really is the same as a previous parable. We got to watch. Watch and watch. We got to take more time to treasure up God's word. Pray for more of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we got to use this time wisely to prepare because our salvation draweth nigh. 
we've gotten accustomed to being too busy here and there and not pausing to make time for Jesus. And so many of us, we've gone through the hustle and bustle of our studies and our day for work, for our family, and, and we, we complain saying, oh, we don't have enough time. So God, I can only give you 10 minutes, 20 minutes. But now, friends, God has given us time. We got to watch. We got to spend more time in His Word. And maybe this free time is driving you crazy. Too much of those four walls. But we need it, not let it to, to, to make us insane in our minds. Friends, there is much to do to prepare our lives to meet Jesus. We got to watch. Those wise virgins, not only were they living in the moment, but they were preparing also for the future. And friends, this lockdown until the 31st of March is a time that you can prepare. You can set your feet back on the solid rock, Jesus Christ. You can renew your covenant with God. You can walk with Jesus again. You can store up the rich treasures of His Word. But friends, it takes prayer. It takes time in the Word of God. Watch, watch, and watch. Matthew 25 verses 14 to 30, the third parable of the four that we find in Matthew 24 and 25. What is it talking about? It's the parable of the talents. Uh, a master came and he, and he delivered to three of his servants. One had five talents, one had two talents, one had one talent. And it's not so much the number of talents you have. Do you know that? Because when the Lord came back at the end of it, the one that had five talents and doubled it, he gave the same reward to the one that had two talents and doubled it. You don't get a bigger mansion in heaven than the one that had more talents, for the one that had more talents, than compared to the one that had less. No, we just got to be faithful with what God has given to us. So the reward was the same. However, every single one of them had talents. One, two, and five. So there was not a single person that didn't have a talent. God gave everybody a talent. And do you know what this talent is? Yes, it can be music and cooking and singing and, you know, whatever it is. But there is this one talent that I want you to be aware of. It's found in Christ's Object Lessons 342, paragraph 1. C-O-L 342.1. Please, turn with me there if you're able to. Christ's Object Lessons 342, paragraph 1, in reference to talents. Our time belongs to God. Every moment is His. And we are under the most solemn obligation to improve it to His glory. Of no talents He has given will He require a, strict, a more strict account than of our time. You know, there is one talent that is given to everybody. That's what Ellen White says. It's the talent of time. Friends, how have you been using this talent in these past five days? Has it been used for the glory of God? Have you come to this point where you've realized, you know what, I have so much time, I better spend more time with God. Or have you been one of those where you say, I have so much time. Well, I'm bored. There's no classes. There's no homework. There's no work. There's nothing to do. I'll play my games. I'll catch up on all my movies. Is that what you've been doing? If God were to come right now, 
could you before him and before his throne of grace and mercy saying, Lord, I've been using this talent wisely. Friends, of no talent he has given will he require a more strict account than of our time. Do you know the problem of this servant, the one that had one talent? When, when Jesus came back, when the master came back, you know what he said? Matthew 25, 24 and 25. Let's turn there. Matthew 25, verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. He did not gain an extra talent. He had a misunderstanding of the master. Jesus is not like this. He is not a man that has re is reaping where he has not sown, and gathering where he has not strawed. What was this man's problem? He has had a misunderstanding and a misconception of who God was. And he allowed that misunderstanding to make him go and bury his talents and just leave it alone. Friends, no matter the misunderstanding, make sure you use your talent wisely, the talent of time. And even though you must have this misunderstanding, if you would take this time to spend more time in the Word of God, you will realize that you had a false conception of who God was. So dear brothers and sisters, I challenge you to watch, to watch, to watch, to make sure you're spending more and more time in God's word in this next few weeks. Take this time to have a longer devotion. Take this time. Yes, we sleep more, we're more laid back, but take this time to pray more. Take this time to pray for more of the church members. If you're accustomed to praying for 10 people, pray for 30 people. Let's take this time to watch unto prayer. Let's take this time to be sober, to be awake to our surroundings, to not allow the devil to steal a march upon us. Let us be watch, watchful and sober even unto prayer. Now, the very last parable in Matthew 25, the last of the four, where Jesus has already told us to watch. Matthew 25, it starts there in verse 31. I'm not reading through the whole thing. It goes all the way to the end of the chapter. It is the parable of the sheep and the goats. The sheep are on the right, the goats are on the left. The goats didn't help anyone. They only lived for themselves. In Matthew 25, verse 45, they said to the master, they said to Jesus, then shall he answer, oh, sorry, he said to them, answer them saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. The goats are saying, hey, when did we not do it to you? And he's saying, it's because you didn't serve the people that were in need. The opposite to the, the, the goats is the sheep. When you did it to others, you did it to me. Let's figure out how we can still be a blessing in this time of lockdown. Let's figure out how we can still serve the people out there. I appreciate what Saber of Life is doing. If you have not seen it yet, they are fundraising and at cost, there's no profit to them whatsoever. 
their fundraising so that they can feed the frontliners in our, in, in our country here. Why? There are young people who have young families who've been called because they're doctors, they've been called from other parts of the peninsula to come and serve here in KL, which is where the, the hot zone is right now. And they're just living in the hospital. They're not having even a proper bed to sleep on or, or nice food to eat and savor of life. They're, they're providing food, healthy food to feed them. And it can only come from your donations and your funds. We can still do much in contributing to the work of God and getting the, the name of God and, and, his, and His work out there to still serve the people. This group that, that you look at in Matthew 25, they're just visiting people in prison. They're clothing the naked. They're feeding the hungry. Friends, this is something that we can do in this time to still be of service. And if you don't have the money, just, just share this sermon so that as someone else that listens to it, maybe that person can be the one that can donate thousands to feed the people here in KL. And so all it takes is just a simple share or a like to share it through your WhatsApp channel, to your Instagram, to wherever it is. We can share to be a blessing. We can still contribute much to the work of God in this time. So friends, let's not get caught up with this free time thinking, oh, now I have a chance to jump back into my computer and, and play more games and watch more movies and watch more videos and, and do all these things. Me, myself and I, friends, we got to watch. Watch for the coming of Jesus. Watch unto prayer. Watch to make sure the devil does not steal a march upon us. Watch for those that are in need. Watch, watch, watch. We got to be watchful of ourselves. We got to be watchful in how we use our time. We got to be watchful in our devotions and our prayers. And then let's be watchful to those in need. Friends, I want to share with you two quotes before we close. It's taken first from Christ's Object Lessons. Pardon me, it's one quote, but two paragraphs. 365, paragraph 2. C-O-L, 365, paragraph 2. And this is in reference to the parable of the talents. The one man that hid his talent in the ground. Many who profess to be Christians neglect the claims of God, and yet they do not feel that in this there is any wrong. They know that the blasphemer, the murderer, the adulterer deserves punishment. But as for them, they enjoy the services of religion. They love to hear the gospel preached, and therefore they think themselves Christian. Though they have spent their lives in caring for themselves, they will be as much surprised as was the unfaithful servant in the parable to hear the sentence, take the talent from him. Like the Jews, they mistake the enjoyment of their blessings for the use they should make of them. Many who excuse themselves from Christian effort plead their inability for the work. So we say, oh, I can't do it. It's not within my capability. But then she says this, but did God make them so incapable? No, never. This inability has been produced by their own inactivity and perpetuated by the deliberate choice. Already in their own characters, they are realizing the result of the sentence, take the talent from him. 
the continual misuse of their talents will effectually quench for them the Holy Spirit, which is the only light. The sentence, cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, sets heaven's seal to the choice which they themselves have made for eternity. Throughout our past life, we've been busy. Busy with work, busy with studies, busy with family. And sometimes, you know, as a minister, I can't fault you. I can't say, hey, what's wrong? Why can't you give more to God? Why can't you spend more time in devotion? But now the veil has been pulled aside. Now we have the freedom of time. I want to ask you to reflect. Have you spent more time with Jesus in these past five days when you have not been as busy? When the seeming excuses are swept aside? Are you able to walk closer with Christ? Are you able to watch unto prayer? Watch yourself to make sure that Satan does not gain a foothold into your house and into your room and into your heart and into your life? Have you been able to watch more diligently in these past four days or five days of lockdown when you have that freedom of time, now the busyness has been swept away? Have you drawn closer to Christ? If you haven't, it's a revelation of where we have really, really stood with Christ in the past as well. But friends, I have good news for you. It's not too late. The lockdown is still here. I'm not happy that the lockdown is here, but I'm happy that we still have the talent of time. Let's use it wisely. Let's today, in these Sabbath hours, draw closer with Christ. Let's stop scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, thinking that we're not breaking the Sabbath, even though we're just looking at pictures. Let's refocus our thoughts on His Word, on the spirit of prophecy. Let's spend more time in listening to sermons. Let's share sermons with other people. Let's encourage each other. For those that are, are, are joining here and you've not heard me in the past, please, Share a praise of thanksgiving for what you've been thankful for God for this past one week. And let's encourage each other. Let's strengthen our faith with each other. Let's watch unto prayer. Let's watch and be sober. Let's watch for others that need our help. Let's watch, let's watch, let's watch. So friends, let us be watchful until the second coming of Jesus Christ, when we shall see him face to face, and then we'll hear those wonderful words pronounced from his lips, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. Friends, that's my desire. And what we've been facing this past week is only making us realize the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, forgive us if we've not used the talent of time for your glory. Forgive us, Lord, where we have wasted that time in mindless matters. Forgive us, O Lord, where we've used that time only for self-glory. Lord, I pray that in this time of lockdown, when it seems like the whole Malaysia has come to a standstill, 
I know that you're still working. You're working in the hearts of men and women. You're working in our hearts even now. You're pricking our conscience, Lord, I know it. You're speaking to us with your Holy Spirit. Help us, Father, in this new week that is about to roll over, to covenant to spend more time with you. Help us, Lord, to start with a memorization of your Ten Commandments. And then help us to give you more time to reading through your word. And help us, Lord, to spend more time in the spirit of prophecy. And teach us what it means to watch unto prayer. Fill us, O Lord, with your spirit. Lift us up from the mire that we've got ourselves into. Help us to see the light that shines from heaven. And help us to feel the love and the joy that you desire to give us. Help us, O Lord, to draw closer to you today and in this coming week. Lord, may you come quickly in the clouds of heaven. This is our earnest plea and prayer. We want to see you face to face. And so, Father, may you bless us. May your spirit continue to strive with us. May you continue to watch over us throughout the remainder of this day. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.